Hello, everybody, and welcome to An Englishman in San Diego, um, a cup of tea with. Uh, it's, I got that completely, <laughs> completely wrong way around there. I'm all completely befuddled because it is only 10 days to go to San Diego Comic Con 2014, 11 days to day one official of the, uh, the con. Uh, thank you very much indeed for joining us. Um, if you are watching live, um, if you are listening to this on the audio version, or if you're watching back on YouTube, thank you very much indeed for, uh, for watching. Um, don't forget to uh, subscribe to the channel so you can keep up to date with all the other uh, posts that we've put up on the channel, and certainly for our show, uh, penultimate show, which happens next Sunday, live in San Diego, which we are very, very close to uh, the con this year. We are... Um, deep in the weekend where we have the schedules coming out and we are hopefully going to be covering the Sunday schedules as they come out live during the course of this uh, show. So uh, if you are wanting to finally complete that full lineup of what you're going to be doing at Comic-Con this year, this is the show that's going to be uh, for you. However, it is also going to be a way for you to interact with us here on the uh, Hangouts. Uh, if you click on the Q&A button at the top of the video on the Google Plus event page, you can interact, let us know what you're doing with your preparations, and of course, if you want to take part in SDCC surgery. If there are any questions about the uh, panels, the lineups, uh, anything that you want to know about um, possibly the best time to get into lines, and basically to make sure that your con goes as best as it possibly can, do jump in with that hashtag. We are keeping an eye on that, SDCC surgery. And of course, you can tweet us on S um, Cup OT. At uh, Cup OT SDCC, you can get in contact with us and do let us know uh, what you want to talk about here on the Hangout. However, like I say, it's a very special Hangout today because we have a full roster of guests. Uh, we'll very quickly go through, down the line and uh, uh, let you know who's joining us today. First and foremost, we have ourselves Alyssa from FriendsOfCCI.com. Hello, Alyssa, how are you? Good morning. Well, yes, it's good. It's good. <laughs> it's good morning for you. It's been an absolutely glorious summer's day for us here in England. So um, hopefully it's uh, uh, very nice for you too as well. Thank you very much indeed for joining us. Uh, next down the line, we have Christopher Sully from uh, the NerdFu. Hello, Chris. Hey, everybody. Good to have you joining us. Uh, we have next along the line, we have Jesse Lynn from the Nerd Truth. Hello, Jesse. Hi, how are you? Now, Jesse's a little bit of a late attendee when it comes to um, all the details that we've been putting up on the page, but he wanted to take part in this because he's quite the DC fanboy, so he's very much wanting to take part in this because of the last person I'm going to introduce. Uh, we have ourselves Mark Serby, who's joined us. Hello, Mark. Hello. Now, he's uh, one of my English comrades, so um, he's had a nice, uh, relaxing Sunday. Hopefully, you're... Uh, you finally kind of put your feet up from your Sunday lunch. and um, I'm still digesting it now, Leonard. Excellent. That's what we like to hear, because we're all about gravy here in the UK. It's, <laughs> it's, quite, it's quite strange. Uh, we have Megan from the Nerdy Girly. Hello, Megan. How are you? Hello. I'm good. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure to have you, as always. Um, it's got to be said, uh, this is going to take a long time, because we've got a full roster. It's just insane. Uh, we have um, Natasha from the Nerd Element. Hello, Natasha. How are you? Hello. It's good to have you here. Thank you very much indeed for joining us. And someone that I'm going to have to really thank for this uh, is <laughs> Tina from the Red, Ho uh, Red Dot Diva. Hello, Tina. Hello. Thank you very much indeed for joining us. Once again, um, a very strange time zone for yourself. It's something like uh, midnight in the in Singapore. So uh, yeah. 
thank you very much indeed for your really time. It's already Monday. It's already Monday. It's already nine days to go. To <laughs> for you. Um, and I'm just definitely like uh, wanting to thank you uh, for today because we have as our very special guest here on the Hangout, Mr. Paul Levitz. Hello there, sir. How are you? Hi, doing fine. Excellent. Um, we are going to um, concentrate uh, on yourself, certainly for the first uh, block of this uh, Hangout, because uh, we want you to kind of get off and enjoy the rest of your day, and we don't want to take up too much of your time. But um, first and foremost, thank you very much indeed for joining us. It's a pleasure to have you here. Right, um, very quickly then, if you do want to get in contact with uh, any of our guests, if you do have any questions, if there's uh, anything that you want to put to um, Paul, do let us know, and of course we'll uh, keep an eye on the Q&As. We are going to be doing a nice big section on the Q&As a little bit later on, so uh, everyone can have uh, a, uh, a bit of a voice here on the, the Hangout. One of the things that I do is, as part of my uh, YouTube channel is something called Icons of Com. It's where we look at the celebrities, the industry people, and those faces that keep going back to Comic-Con uh, as recognizable uh, elements and ingredients of San Diego Comic-Con. Um, and certainly, Paul is one of those. Um, I want to basically uh, go a little bit further back in time, however, because I, it's, this may be very difficult to believe, but there may be some people out there who don't know who you are. Okay? <laughs> so, for those people who may not even know what SDCC stands for, because uh, I think they may sit in the same box, Paul, tell us who you are and a little bit of a background on yourself, please. Uh, sure. <laughs> Where do you start? <laughs> um... Well, I mean, the short-form version. I started out as a young comic fan with the geographic being born in New York in the years when about 95% of the American comic book industry was in New York. Uh, started one of the early fanzines, probably the first real news fanzine to come out on a regular schedule, offering information about what comics were coming, sort of TV guide-like, in the years when publishers didn't customarily announce that information in advance, also didn't customarily announce who was writing and drawing individual stories in advance. So it was both a very useful thing for fans, it was also a useful thing for the professionals because they could figure out when their work was coming out and when they should go up to the offices and try and keep free copies. Uh, they didn't automatically get comps in those days. And I started under the name Etc. with a friend named Paul Kupperberg. Then it became a part of the Comic Reader, which was a glorious old name in American fandom, but had gone out of business at that time. That got me to know people around the comic book business. I got invited to start freelancing, doing letter columns for DC by Joe Orlando, one of the legendary editors. Started doing that while I was in high school. When I finished high school... Joe's assistant editor was taking the summer off. He asked me if I would fill in. I said, sure. Uh, his assistant did not come back. The man is alive. He's well. He's fine. Uh, but he went off to do other things, and I never left. So I stayed working as an assistant editor at D.C. for several years, 
theoretically working my way through college to get an honest job. Then Jeanette Kahn arrived at D.C. Company started to change. Felt like the business was beginning to change. And I said, all right, let me give this a chance. And went full-time, became an editor, eventually shifted to the business side, and under a variety of different titles, ran the operations of the company for three decades, finishing up as president and publisher for the last uh, seven or so years. That well, I, was I, mean, I mean, that's something I, when you when anyone looks through your re resume, I mean, the, the titles and the tags are just, uh, it's just, uh, it's one hell of a list. What's on your passport, just out of curiosity? What, uh, what is your occupation? What's your occupation on your passport? I think American passports, we don't have to have occupations. No? Ah, okay. <laughs> um, when I have to fill it in these days, it tends to be writer slash educator because in the years since leaving D.C., I now spend about half my time teaching college or graduate school courses and most of the other half writing little bits of consulting and different projects here and there. Wow. I mean, okay, so uh, when you started then, it was as a fan. It was uh, created with those fanzines. Um, so what was the con um, landscape like uh, when you were writing those uh, fanzines, when, uh, when you first got started? Well, the first convention I got to go to was the Suling Con here in New York in 71. Um, I think we had about 3,000 people there, which was the largest the comic convention had ever been in the world. We didn't think it was possible for a convention to get larger. Um, Excuse us while we all just sort of <laughs> take our heads at this point. <laughs> and my, my standing joke in later years was that I think now Warner Brothers brings more people to San Diego than attended that first convention I was at. They certainly bring more people to San Diego than were at the first San Diego I attended, which I think was 1974, 40 years ago. Oh, and wow. I think so it really was one of the first ones then. Yeah, I think the attendance there was still probably about 500 or so. A very different kind of event than uh, we're expecting in a few weeks. Well, yeah. Uh, well, I, do you have any favorite memories of those first initial cons? Those. Uh, well, since this is a San Diego con-related discussion, I think my my favorite memory of the first con I went to out there. In those days, they were at the. El Cortez Hotel, which I don't believe was technically condemned, but was fairly close. And after the convention was over for the day, most of us would just descend down to the pool, which I think was in the basement. And I remember you know, Jack Kirby sitting on one lounge, Sergio sitting on another, and you just sat around bullshitting with the guys. Um, it was an absolutely wonderful experience. Wow. Uh, the... When it comes to those early cons, I mean, I think a lot, when I speak to um, industry types and uh, people in the industry, they seemed, uh, certainly in the first uh, early cons, I, I thought when I was researching it, it sounded like they, they were very enthusiastic to go to speak to the fans, but it almost seems like there was almost kind of like a, a guarded uh, atmosphere, certainly with the writers and the artists, because they didn't know what to expect. I think it's a generational thing. For those of us who started out as comic fans, we were looking to see a bunch of people like us. For the, let's call them first-generation professionals, the ones who hadn't been part of comics fandom because it hadn't existed, and particularly the ones who hadn't been part of science fiction fandom. 
which culturally is very much similar to what our world was. Mm. Um, they thought it was completely weird that anyone would care about who they are. You know, one of the joys of San Diego in later years has been the effort the convention has made to bring out some of those first-generation professionals in their later years. And you'd get guys like Kurt Schaffenberger, who was a wonderfully talented artist and contributor to the business for many years, showing up in his old age. It's like, I didn't know anyone knew who I was. I didn't know anyone cared. Uh, and, of course, at age 80, to discover that your work has been appreciated for 40 or 50 years is a wonderful thrill. But at age 40, when you're busy doing the work, who are these people who seem to care about what I'm doing and what exactly do they want from me? Um, it, it was a strange process. Mm. Oh, that's good. I'm just uh, enjoying listening to the, the stories. It's, it's, uh, sorry if I may zone out a little bit. <laughs> I'm, I'm enjoying it. Um, when you when you first started and uh, when you were going as a fan, uh, how old were you when you first started going to cons? Because I started the uh, the fanzine at age fourteen and started going to the New York con at the same, like San Diego. I guess it was probably about seventeen by the time I, I made it out to that sixteen maybe. So I mean, when you were publishing these fanzines, uh, it was it every month, every quarterly, every I, month, every month. So I mean. The speed of uh, reportage, as it were, uh, for fans, uh, obviously we're now talking light years ahead uh, nowadays. We're working at the, uh, the, the speed of thought with the, the internet uh, when it comes to, uh, to uh, communicating with uh, the industry and also uh, news updates. Was it um, a, uh, an advantage, would you say, to have that kind of slightly more sedate pace, uh, sedate pace uh, to kind of uh, communicate with uh, the industry? You know, you live in the times you live in. Yeah. When you go back and you look at the fanzines I did, um, you ask if it was done in the Stone Age. <laughs> you know, it's pre before any form of digital... Um, pre-press before any form of desktop publishing. Today you can do something that looks better than that at eight years old. Um, <laughs> bare minimum of energy. Yeah. Um, the advantage, I guess, wasn't so much in the time frame, but in the mode. Because had I not been in New York, it would have been impossible to do what I was doing, so there weren't 400 people lining up saying, can you tell me, can you give me this information, can I see this cover, can I be part of your life, what's your home address, what hour can I call you at? Um, <laughs> so I was able to get a great deal of material and a great deal of cooperation that would be challenging today. Mm. Um, you know, it, there was a very defined hierarchy between what was a comic book professional, what was a fan, and what was just a reader who was interested in the material. Yeah. You were a well, fan because you were active as a fan. Well, um, I mean, when, when you started uh, as a fan then, did you feel that, or did you have any advantage then when you 
then became part of the industry to kind of to know what these people were wanting and that that, that, that passion and enthusiasm from a fan's perspective, you know, from the other side of the curtain, as it were. I'd like to think it gave me an advantage. Yeah. You'd like to think. <laughs> I don't think there's any objective way to judge. You know, you play you play the cards that you've got. Sure. Uh, something I wanted to uh, talk about, and this is where, unfortunately, I'm going to have to get a bit um, uh, selfish, unfortunately, so do bear with me, uh, people who are watching, because while we are talking about um, San Diego Comic Con, um, something that we were talking about when we were preparing for this interview was uh, the uh, journeys that you went to cons um, elsewhere and internationally, because uh, one of the trips that you made pretty much also shaped what comics became in the 1980s uh, when you came over to England and you uh, you met with some pretty talented writers and artists. Well, comics fandom at that time was a very connected place. I mean, everything that's going on here today, the joys of technology being able to pull people together, we didn't have the tools, but we found our way around it. Hmm. So, a couple of Young Brits who were putting out a fanzine called Comic Media had contacted me to ask permission to reprint material from the comic reader in their fanzine. I had set up arrangements to send them comics from America that were scarce or books from America that were scarce and trade for things like Michael Moorcock editions that weren't being published in the U.S. Um, similarly, with a fan in Scandinavia... I was in contact with one of the early fans who was a scholar about comics in Germany. We connected with each other in all of that. Did, you, Brits, go, did you go to the, any of the international cons before you uh, became part of the industry, as it were? Did you go as a fan first as well, to the international cons? Or was I'm that not sure there were any before I became a professional. Yeah. I'm not sure when the first uh, international conventions were, but... Uh, the earliest I went to was a con in, I, I believe, Manchester in 1979 when the World Con was going to be in Brighton the week after. And uh, I made a combination trip to the two events. But that has to be one of the earliest British comic conventions. I don't know. Is that where you first met Alan Moore and Dave Gibbons and that particular circle? Uh, I didn't meet Alan there. I don't know that Alan was emerging um, from Northampton at that point. Uh, but I stayed with Richard Burton, who was one of the assistant editors on 2000 AD and had been one of the editors on Comics Media. I spent a lot of time with Nick Landau, who's now Titan Books and Forbidden Planet, who was the other part of the Comic Media team. Uh, and I think I met Brian Boland on that trip. Might have met Dave Gibbons on that trip. You know, the, the, the exact timing blurs for mm -hmm. all of it. Uh, Alan, I remember that I, I hadn't met yet, just because I remember my first encounter with him when he had sent me a letter introducing himself, um, announcing that he was the best comics writer in England, and he thought I was one of the better ones in the U.S., and if <laughs> we had to write The Martian Manhunter, I should get in touch with him. <laughs> well, that sounds like Alan Moore. Uh, <laughs> he's a little modest, 
uh, for exactly the depth of his actual talents. But uh, cer- certainly fair that if he if he wasn't the best comic writer of our generation, he has a very arguable claim to that title. When did you know that it was right or the right time to bring the Brits over to uh, the U.S.? Was it? when you were speaking to them kind of by mail or when you actually met them at those conventions? Well, I think it was a combination of things. Um, Again, you have to remember the times. You didn't have digital file transfer. You didn't have FedEx. So just getting material from Britain to America was challenging. So that was a major barrier. The publishers were not organized to do things like wire transfers of funds. So it it meant that the artist had to be willing to receive a check on an American bank in U.S. dollars, get that cashed at a British bank. God knows what fees would be charged in the process or how long they would actually have to wait for their money to clear. So the first people who were going to be doing any work for America were going to be people who were very passionate about it. And Brian certainly fit that bill. He was an enormous Green Lantern fan. He had enjoyed American comics growing up. Um, And I think he probably was the first of the crowd to start doing some covers and small bits of work for Jack Harris, who was uh, editing at DC at the time. Cool. Okay. I, I, I'm certain that I could take up a whole chunk of time talking about the British invasion because it's obviously something that absolutely fascinates me because it really did determine uh, what um, comics became in the 80s and the 90s. But um, let's, let, let's, let's talk about um, your uh, contribution as well. Um, considering that uh, we are celebrating Batman 75, um, it is uh, a major anniversary, and you uh, edited the uh, the Batman title uh, for quite some time. Uh, what is your? I mean, what was the uh, the the take on the character when you first working on it? When you started working on Batman? Well, when I started it, started editing editing the Batman books, it was the first time at DC that they had one editor responsible for all of the Batman titles. And, you know, I was a punk kid. I was 21, I think, 20. Um, So I started out by taking every Batman story out of the DC library and rereading it, or reading it for the first time. That was possible in those days because so much less had been created and produced. So I immersed myself in it and did what I think was the first character Bible uh, DC ever did editorially uh, for its its writers to work from and did, I don't remember, it was four, three, four, or five pages of sort of what the consistent facts were going to be going forward. And my goal was to do uh, a serious Batman, very much influenced particularly by what Denny had written in the early 70s, uh, but also just to pull all the books together so there was one set of facts, one set of character relationships, and to make all of that work. Cool. Um, we have got a number of questions that are coming in on the Q&A, and uh, we are going to, uh, we have got one or two people who are tweeting in saying, uh, are you going to let any of the other 
uh, guests ask questions. Absolutely, we are going to do that. I just wanted to uh, get a nice big bulk of a, a, an interview. Uh, so we'll do, ask uh, one more question, and uh, then I'll open it up to everyone else. Um, the convention scene certainly has changed, and in 2014, it's just uh, an immense uh, monster of a thing. Um, I think, however, a lot of people do forget that um, the convention has a purpose, and certainly for um, the industry, they are bringing products to uh, to bear uh, a convention. Um, do you feel, or do you get the chance to enjoy as a fan a convention anymore, or is it? Uh, do you feel that there is definitely business to be done, as it were? I, I, I can imagine there is that balance that you have to kind of. Kind of well, it's a, it's a lot easier to decide what I'm going to do at a convention now than when I was running DC. <laughs> when I was running DC, you know, I might have oh, one year I kept track and I stopped at about 60 meetings, and I think that was in the first two days. Um, the much calmer pace now. <laughs> but given the peculiarity of my life, conventions sort of serve as a perpetual high school reunion for me. You know, God knows nobody knows that many of the people at San Diego. Because <laughs> I, I believe the entire population of the world shows up for at least five minutes. Um, <laughs> it certainly feel, it feels that way, doesn't it? it God does. knows. <laughs> but over the course of a weekend, you know, I'll see people I've known since junior high school. I'll see people who have been close friends my poker buddies from the 1970s when we were all sitting around. I'll see people from all over the world who travel there, like Tino or Nick Landau, um, who I've known, people I've known, known for years and am friendly with. I'll meet people who have read my work and been part of my life that way, who have a reaction to it, and that helps provide energy for me. You know, writing, writing when you don't have the applause of the audience is a pretty lonely thing to do, but when you have someone coming up to you and saying, I really love this particular thing that you did, that's a great feeling, and that can be anything from uh, Jonathan Ross showing up and talking to me about Stalker, um, remembering what I wrote when I was 17 years old. Was well, that, 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 guy, that guy just gets everywhere anyway. So. <laughs> he doesn't. Uh, to somebody whose name I never really get, just coming up and remembering something that I wrote that I may not even remember anymore, but that had meaning for their life. And that that's all a great feeling. It's, it's kind of exhausting whirlwind. But... <laughs> I think is well. I, that's the thing. I mean, it's, it's exhausting for us as fans, but I can imagine for uh, for industry types and for people like yourself and creatives, it must be. I mean, I speak to a, a number of artists and writers, and by uh, late Friday, early Saturday, the bees in the head start buzzing particularly loudly. So it, it, it does turn into a little bit of a noise. Um, I've got a number of questions on the Q and A, but we'll go through the panel first. Um, we have a number of people who have joined us uh, today, and I'm certain we have some questions. Does anybody have any questions for Paul? 
shall we start with Jesse, perhaps? <laughs> Hello there, Jesse. <laughs> Jesse Hello. is Jesse is somebody who, on various groups and forums, will slap down Marvel boys and gl- and gladly uh, wave the DC banner. Uh, so, do you have a question for Paul, Jesse? I, I don't really have a question. Um, I just I do want to say thank you for recruiting Alan Moore and Brian Bolland, who gave us the best Batman story ever written, which is the Killing Joke. <laughs> thank you for that. <laughs> I I didn't assign them the project, but I'll take I'll take my share of credit I, for being patient while it was getting done at a snail's pace. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you very much indeed, Jesse. Uh, anybody have any questions for Paul? I was just wondering what you taught. Uh, you said you were teaching at a university and, and was wondering what you were teaching these days. Sort of depends on what I can get away with. I teach a couple of courses labeled as writing for media at a little liberal arts college called Manhattanville, which is basically a course in storytelling um, intended for both creative writing majors and communications majors. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pace, has, Pace University in New York has a master's in publishing program, and normally one term I teach uh, basically the business of comic and graphic novel publishing, and the other term I teach a course called Transmedia or the Future of Publishing, uh, which essentially says, you think you're going to get to play with paper your whole life, kids? <laughs> Let's talk about it what your skill set's going to be useful for and how all of these things fit together. And then this fall, I'm back at Columbia University where I get to co-teach every couple of years a course in the American graphic novel. That was was something I was going to ask because um, there's a number of projects that you've been involved in the last couple of years. I mean, certainly you are actually um, still uh, very much writing for DC at the moment. But um, is, is there anything that you're going to be uh, bringing to uh, Comic-Con this year that you're particularly wanting to uh, shine a spotlight on? <laughs> Not shilling anything this year. No? Um, I've been working on a book on Will Eisner, but it's uh, scheduled for next year rather than this. So now, you see, that, that's what I was leading on to. I was hoping that you're going to natural, <laughs> naturally pimp the book. Uh, but <laughs> how, how's work going on that book? Uh, the first draft sitting on the editor's desk, growing some penicillin. Eventually, it'll get back to me, and I'll uh, start finishing it up. <laughs> Excellent. Does anybody else have any uh, questions for Paul? Uh, Mark. No. Oh, oh, hang on. Um, is that Tina? Sorry, Tina. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, Mark. Uh, Tina, uh, put a hand up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Tina. Yes. Um, Paul, you were recently uh, announced as a board director of Boom Studios. So, um, Boom Studios, part of, mm-hmm. of that, right? So, uh, most of your friends and most of your length of industries are older people who are historians, um, legends of the comic industry, and I suppose Boom, Boom Studios has a younger crowd of um, editors and publicity folks, and um, you know they have a lot of interns as well. So, did you feel that you are more in touch with the younger crowd? Because it's kind of like the board directors now, and you have the discussions with their production schedules or things like this. Um, well, certainly one of the things that's interesting about being connected at Boom 
is it's making me look at material in the field that I wouldn't naturally be reading myself. And my tastes are pretty old school as a reader. Um, Mark's uh, advocacy aside, I had 30 years of Marvel comics on my shelf as well as centuries it felt like of DC material. But by being connected to something like Boom, you know, I'll notice something like Lumberjanes, which I think is a <laughs> one, wonderful, strange piece of work for a very fresh, new, and young audience. Uh, so that's very cool. Do I have as much impact on the young people? You know, one of the things about comics that's a really wonderful business is we very much have built on each other's shoulders. And I think much of what I did in my career was only possible because of the generation before me, whether it was Siegel and Schuster or Shelley Mayer or Stan Lee and Roy Thomas. And I suspect if I'm having impact on young people, it's probably on young people who I don't know, who grew up reading something that I wrote or who came into comics hearing about a project that I helped market, like a killing joke, perhaps, or a contract that I helped improve for the business that made it more attractive to a different group of people. And that's, I think, where I'm most likely to have impact on them. Uh, I don't know that I have any legendary wisdom to pass down, Padawan, let me tell you the secret of how you will make a comic today. <laughs> well, you see, if that's not going to be coming any time soon, we might as well just wrap this up now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll go get my lunch. <laughs> um, excellent. Does anybody have any... Oh, yeah, we're going to go to, uh, to Mark, weren't we? Uh, Mark? Yeah, I had a couple of questions for Paul, really. The, one, uh, the first one was, what was the most entertaining uh, comic or graphic novel that you were involved in? And also, what was the one that you thought was going to do well and didn't? Um, well, the second one first, uh, I'll give you an answer that's at least half Brit. Um, the original proposal for a book called Electric Warrior in the 1980s by Doug Munch and Jim Bakey Mm -hmm. um, was a wonderful proposal, and I was completely convinced that was going to work, uh, and it didn't. Uh, on the flip side of it, one of the most important things that was in, I think, my philosophy as an executive of the company was that you had to allow people to follow the projects that they believed in, whether you did or not. And very vividly can conjure the memory of Karen Berger and Heidi McDonald, who was then editing for us, coming in passionately advocating a project called Why the Last Man, which I thought was absolutely a total failure uh, in advance. You know, this was the most basic adolescent male fantasy. Um, it's been done. Who's going to care? He's got a 60-issue plan. I said, this isn't going to make it past issue 12. Let us do this, boss. Okay. Um, we're all we're all laughing now because it is. I had a cake made with a picture of a crow on it, and invited Heidi in, who had 
long since left the company to share in my ceremonial eating, eating the crow. <laughs> Most of the time, you don't know. Once yeah. in a while, something screams out to you that it's so well thought out, it's so beautifully done. You know, as pages came in on Watchmen or on Kingdom Come, the whole office stopped along the way. Wow. Uh, but that's a very rare phenomenon where you can see what's going to happen. I, I do read it in stories where it was a case of you were keeping an eye out for pages coming in, not just from the UK, but from all sorts of artists. And the office did just stop. Uh, and they just all crowded around. I, I just love that image where the, uh, an entire office just stop, stops to see what comes out of this, uh, this envelope. I, I just I find that uh, gorgeous uh, image. Um, yes, anybody else that uh, has any questions? Uh, do we have um, a question from Megan, perhaps? Uh, I was just going to ask, because I'm such a comic noob, like where would be a, a good place to start with comic books? Like what would your suggestion be? There's so many places to start. The wonderful thing about the field now is the diversity of the material. I think the really good comic shop retailers um, are very good hand sellers. And they're good at having a conversation with you that says, what do you like to read? And if you like a certain kind of fantasy material, then certainly Neil Gaiman's Sandman has been a classic gateway drug into the field. If you like... We don't always give the first one free, but we're, we like to get you started in book early. Um, But it depends on what you love reading. What do you what do you love reading, Megan? I have read uh, a few of the new Fifty Two, the Batman, and I really mm -hmm. liked that. That one was really good. And the the Court of the Owls, I read that whole series, and that one I really liked. Well, for Batman, I'd look at the stuff that Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale did together, Long Halloween and Dark Victory. Those are very clear classic stories that aren't very reliant on any particular mythology. Um, very, very striking artwork as well. Very striking artwork. You know, just go into a good comic shop and start start talking to the guy. Yeah. Okay, that sounds fun. Excellent. Thank uh, you. Well, build lots of shelves. You'll need them. <laughs> <laughs> what is your collection like, Paul? Your personal collection? Um... I stopped counting at about 40,000 comics. Wow. Um, <laughs> full first 30 years of Marvel, and pretty much everything worthwhile from DC from the beginning of the Silver Age on. A couple of things that go back to the Golden Age. Does anyone... Other publishers, but not, not anything much. They just... It really wasn't room in my life. <laughs> Well, I mean, we've got a number of questions uh, from the Q&A, so we'll, we'll work through uh, a couple of those. Um, and talking about Batman, um, we've got a question from uh, Wesley Ruff asking, what does Paul think about the new Batgirl design? Um, haven't really looked at it. Uh, saw a two-second two look and looked fun, but, you know, I'm... I'm enjoying not being immersed in every in everything that goes on now. 
So I don't have to care. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, I know that you're uh, you're not particularly wanting to tread on any toes, particularly. I know I want to keep this a very light conversation, so I won't. Uh, uh, I, I could ask for a one sentence answer on what your thoughts on uh, New Fifty Two was when that got announced. Well, it's an idea we'd been debating going back to the Middle Eighties. Um, we. We were originally going to do something like that after crisis. We didn't think we could pull it off at the time. And Dan and Jim and the team had the courage to do it now. It certainly seems to have worked commercially. And that's what their goal was. Uh, we've got a question from uh, Carlo Dwyer. Hello, Carlo. Uh, thanks for watching. What is the favorite project that you've had a part in? I think this is uh, certainly more um, you know, hands-on, perhaps. As a, as a project? As a writer, yeah. getting to write The Legion, uh, particularly the period when I was working with Keith and everything seemed to be working so well, or getting to write The Justice Society and particularly the work done with Joe Staten. But so many wonderful things that I've gotten to do. Yeah, I was uh, talking with Steve Ditko about two days ago and we were reminiscing about the work we did on, a, on Stalker and it was just reminding me of how outrageously lucky I had been at 17 to get to work with Ditko and Wood. Um, I, I continue to be outrageously lucky. Well, uh, we're very grateful that you do. <laughs> um, we've got a question from Pyramid on the uh, Friends of CCI forum. As fans, can we expect to see a dark and brooding atmosphere in the DC movies? Or will there be movies in a lighter tone? Um, I'm wondering if that's something that you can actually uh, answer. Um, because my, uh, my joy in life is I get to go. I get to go to DC movies without having read the script or knowing what's in them. Yeah. <laughs> the Man of Steel was the first Superman movie I've ever been to that I hadn't read in advance or been on the set of, and. I have no more idea than you do, and probably less what the next DC movies will be. <laughs> well, I, I, are you as interested in the, um, the movies panels at uh, Comic-Con uh, as we are, or is it something that um, you kind of, it's more the, the, the comics that you, you focus on? Um, I, I don't have the strength to go to Hall H. Um, well, neither do we, but we do it anyway. <laughs> God bless you. Um, yeah, you know, I enjoy going to the movies that are ma made these days of the characters because they're able to do some amazing things. I had a delightful time with my youngest son, who's the one of my kids who enjoys comics at uh, Days of Future Past. Couple months ago, I guess. In that, hit. I look forward to seeing what comes next from all of these things. But I don't really feel the need to get the latest information on what may be happening or who may be cast. Having had the fun of being on the inside, I don't need to almost be on the inside. I'm happy to. Sit and sit and wait for my tickets for the second weekend it comes out. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. 
Well, I mean, that's a question that has come in um, from the Q&As. I can't quite see it here, so I'm going to have to uh, uh, apologise for uh, not having a name for this question. But it was about the, uh, the difference between um, conventions. Now, what uh, would you say is the biggest difference between conventions now and conventions past, would you say? What is the biggest difference that you can think of? Sure, <laughs> beyond the scale of the things. Yeah, I mean, the, the scale drives everything. You know, the first, I'd say, five years of comic conventions I went to, I couldn't walk ten feet without knowing someone. <laughs> um, who the hell are these people? <laughs> um, uh, how good are you with names? Fairly horrible. <laughs> um, but face is a little bit better. A little bit. Um, but it's just... So you have the... The whole scale makes it unimaginable. The amount of access, the idea of the movie talent being there, the diversity of what's going on in it. The gender mix, the racial mix, the international mix. It's all way beyond anything we would have dreamed in the years we were working on it. You know, I can, I've, I can I've done the... pretty much every part of running a convention. I built the programming for the one convention in DC. It itself in the 70s. I ran the dealer's room for the first couple of creation conventions. I did the program books for both the New York cons and the earliest version of a Marvel con. Um, we never envisioned anything like this. It's somewhere between a dream, a nightmare, and the biggest dose of steroids anybody could ever handle. <laughs> Fantastic. Okay, uh, I'm going to ask one more question. Uh, unless, do we have any more questions from our panel at all? Anyone thing that wants to expand on? Oh, we have a question from Chris. I've got one. Uh, I'm, I'm a movie fan first, and I just dabble in comics. Uh, but with the vast uh, library that DC has and that you've been involved with, what character and or storylines would you like to see made into the film? Good question. There's so many. You know, it's really a question of what director and what writer come together with a vision for the thing. Um, it's not... The character is important, but unless it makes sense to that director, there's no point. Sure. Well, I mean, with um, uh, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy uh, as a, a, a series of uh, or a team that um, are certainly not um, expected to uh, hit the screens and now becoming a, a major tentpole movie, you never know. We may see a legion of superheroes uh, film. I wouldn't bet on it, but I'll go see it if it comes out. <laughs> I think we all, I'd love to, well, I think it's just a case of which era of Legion you would go to. It's, it's uh, quite a hell of a history, but um, excellent. Um, right, so yeah, the one question I, I wanted to ask is certainly um, in regards to um, the relationship between DC Comics and um, San Diego Comic-Con. Uh, because the convention scene has just changed so much, 
Um, but obviously, there is that um, interaction with fans, and it is a very important uh, element of going to cons. How important is Comic Con to DC? Um, is it is it something that um, they that little red dot that kind of like dominates the cork board, or is it? Um, what, I, yeah. I can't speak for the present team. I can only speak for during my time. But from my point of view, any any place where 150,000 of your customers are likely to be, you should go and buy them lunch. <laughs> Very good answer. It, it's a wonderful thing to be able to talk to your customers and to find out what they think as a business person. You know, companies spend enormous amounts of money on market research to get much less information than you can get in five minutes of just sitting and listening to people at a comic convention. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, fantastic. Thank you very much indeed for your time. I know that we've taken a little bit longer than uh, we expected, and thank you very much indeed for not My just... My pleasure. Have fun. Uh, fantastic. Um, Will we be seeing you at Con? Which um, panels are you looking forward to this year? Which ones are you going to? Uh, I'm on a panel about Jules Pfeiffer's new graphic novel, which is an amazing piece of work to be done. It's his first noir effort at age 83, 84. Uh, and then I, we're doing a panel on Will Eisner as a teacher with uh, some of his students, including Baton Lash and Jim Friedman and Joe Casada. Mike Carlin, so that should be a great deal of fun. And I think those may be... Oh, and I'm on a fifth comic book legal defense fund panel about the comics code. And I think, as of now, those are the only three panels I'm scheduled for, but these things have a way of growing like Topsy. Well, even with ten... Yeah, I can imagine with ten days to go, there's still time for... Uh, your calendar to fill up rather nicely. So yep. you have to be on the Batman 75. It will oh, be yeah. <laughs> It's a fine thing if you're not. <laughs> if they ask me, I'll be there. We'll see. Excellent. Paul, thank you very much indeed for your time. It's been have uh, a great convention, guys, and hopefully I'll see some of you there. Excellent. Everyone, Paul Levitz. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, and he's out. He's, he's <laughs> yeah. That, like I say, we've got um, a, a nice um, block of time with him there. That was that was fantastic. Um, I got a little bit distracted uh, a good ten minutes or five minutes into the conversation when the first or one of the first comments that came up in the Q and A Sunday is live. Yeah. Sunday is live. Whoa. So uh, we have been kind of organising uh, this hangout. This hangout. Ages right, good grief. Um, that we were going to have one or two people step away, or while Paul was talking, while we were uh, having that interview, that people were going to have a look at the um, the Sunday schedule. So hopefully they've had the chance to very quickly do that. But let's go through because, of course, we've had um, <coughs> some amazing days of scheduling uh, come through. Um, we're not going to go through them, literally tear them apart. Uh, I don't think. Uh, this would be, I mean, there's been enough of that over the last couple of days. Uh, we may just do that with the, the Sunday really quickly for a reaction. But first and foremost, let's just go through um, our panels, uh, our guests here, and ask your reactions to the schedules. Uh, we'll start with um, Natasha. 
note. Now, <laughs> Natasha, what's your what is your um, your focus when it comes to panel uh, lineups? What do you look for? Well, there are several TV shows that I would love to go to. I'm kind of like a little bit of everything. Like, I happen to notice that there's a 25th anniversary Gargoyles panel on Saturday, and I loved that show as a kid. I loved that show as a kid. Like, it's, so I'm already conflicted. So I'm already conflicted between Ballroom 20, Hall H, and the panel that's like at 5 o'clock. <laughs> Sorry, I, I, I didn't quite catch that. What, what show is that? Gargoyles. Gargoyles. Uh, no. Disney like cartoon that came on like in the 90s, I'm and looking, I loved I'm that looking, show. I'm looking at the face of Mark Serby, and he's showing he's throwing the same kind of bemused <laughs> look at this point. We, I, what on earth is Gargoyles? It was, oh it was part of the Isn't digital awesome? afternoon. Yes, oh my gosh. How can you not know that? <laughs> <laughs> the tapes never made it over to the UK. We don't know. Oh, I'm sorry. We, well, we, we, definitely look it up. I, I, I don't know if it's on Netflix at all, but definitely try and look it up and just watch it. It was just an awesome cartoon. Well, we, we, well, we have Danger Mouse, so we win. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. Okay, so yeah, is, is it is it the smaller panels that attracted your attention, or is it any of the big headliners? Well, yeah, like I said, the TV panels are definitely a draw. Like each each of the years that I've been, I've been going since 2012. Like Teen Wolf is on Thursday. I've been going to that panel since I started going. That uh, that's going to be in Ballroom 20, and they were initially, if I recall correctly, in Room 6 BCF the first year I went, and then they moved up to Ballroom 20 last year. So I am happy for that. Um, there is Legend of Korra. That's usually on Fridays, uh, early in the morning. And I was there. We were. It was the Firefly anniversary panel, like 2012. <laughs> and the poor Korra fans could not get in because of Firefly. Oh, I was. I, I felt really bad. Even though I love the show, I just really felt bad for them. I have a good friend. I mean, there's a good friend of all of us called uh, Donna. Donna Gardner. Yeah. Yes. Um, she is hardcore Cora, and she was in the first five or ten in full regalia. And when she uh, I felt for her so badly on that particular day because she, yeah, she just she had to kind of go jump the extra mile or go the extra mile just to get her Cora fix. It was a, it was a tough tough call. Um, Megan, is there anything that uh, jumped out at you? Um, I mean, what what have you had a look at so far? Oh uh, well, when we got the announcement that Benedict Cumberbatch was going to be at Comic Con, mm -hmm. that was like our our huge news for Thursday. And then when we heard he was going to be there Saturday too, we're kind of hoping, fingers crossed, like last year, that maybe he'll want to pop in at our Sherlock party. So that was our our huge news is Benedict gonna actually be at Comic Con this year. So I'm super excited about that. I was desperately hoping that you weren't gonna mention that because uh, then you would just have so many people crowding around that party in the desperate hope to see uh, Cumberbridges. It would but, just be insane. Yeah. yeah, we're working on we're working on that. <laughs> yeah, your, your your security may have to get ramped up a touch. Uh, yes. But uh, yeah, I mean that. I think I think that was the big news uh, that dropped. Um, but then it just turned into a whole host of speculation. I mean, like I say, the first thing that 
the first thing that got announced was that he was showing up for um, the DreamWorks, the Penguins of Madagascar. Yeah, and I'm all, like, why uh, would he ever come for that movie? He has to be coming for something better than that movie. He didn't even come for Sherlock. <laughs> At which point, every every DreamWorks fan's going, what do you mean, better than Penguins? <laughs> Rephrase that? That's, that's mean. Uh, oh. But yeah, I think it's safe to say he wasn't just going to show up for, for that. Um, so yeah, uh, obviously I think that the, the, the Hobbit panel is the, is the one that um, has uh, attracted a lot of attention as well. Um, anyone else want to jump in with what uh, they may have spotted? Um, certainly of the last, of, from Thursday to um, Saturday, we'll cover Sunday in a bit. Anything that's kind of jumped out at anyone? I'll jump in. Uh, I was really excited to hear about uh, the Goonies panel. Uh, which is, uh, it's in the Indigo Ballroom. It's not even in Ballroom 20 or Hall H, and it sounds like they're going to get a bunch of the cast members back together. Well, they're also going to be talking about this sequel as well, aren't they? Right. Yeah, that seems to be the premise for the whole thing, is to talk about the sequel, but chances are Brolin will be there for uh, for Avengers, uh, and then uh, Sean Astin's going to be there for something else. So you're already starting to build some of the big names. Why not, you know, it'd be cool if you could bring them all back together. That room is going to be particularly busy. Um, yeah. I mean, we've had one or two people turn around and saying, uh, what kind of times are we looking at to kind of get into that room? Um, I'm trying to remember what the, the that room is like uh, leading up to the Goonies panel. Uh, I'm looking at it right now. Just before that is uh, The Hobbit, an unofficial look. And then before that is R.R. Martin is going to be there to discuss uh, In the House of the Worm. So you already got a big bunch of fandoms there, and then this added on top of it. That's going to be a crazy, crazy area that day. Um, is the, do you think there's going to be a lot of switch around, though? Because I don't think there's a lot of um, uh, cross... Um, I don't know, but I mean, going back to like we were just talking about with Firefly and uh, Legend of Korra, if you really want to be there for Goonies, you're going to get there early, and you're going to sit there all day, regardless of if you're a fan, so... This is true. Um, I've opened up the the camera now, so everyone can literally just jump in by all means. I don't want to, uh, we. Yeah, it was very much my voice for the first twenty thirty minutes. Now it's everyone else. Come on, <laughs> everyone else can jump in. Obviously. There was uh, something that surprised us was the stars the chair panel where Zachary Quinto was supposed to be um, involved in, and it was it's at the Marriott on Friday, one thirty two thirty at their hall one and two. And I think it's part of the um, CCI filming section of that uh, weekend. So Zach has not come to, back to San Diego for like three years, and we were wondering whether he, he might ever, ever come back again. So this was a surprise. And um, not just the chair, but then after that, he was announced for Agent 47 as well, for Fox uh, panel on the same day, I think in late. I haven't I haven't heard about that one yet, so no, that's, yeah. uh, that's interesting. Yeah, Saturday at 20th Century Fox slot, together with um, Kingsman, Secret Service, something like this. Uh, so that's really interesting because all the Zachary Pinto fans are like, screaming at his off as similar to the Benedict Cumberbatch fans. <laughs> Has there been any other surprises, would you say? Um, because uh, certainly for like room allocations, like you say, Goonies in that room seems a bit weird. I mean, uh, we've got uh, uh, Janine, a very good friend of the, the Hangout. Thank you very much indeed for joining us, uh, Janine Lucero. Uh, surprised to see the strain 
in Hall H as it starts tonight. I'm guessing that's a, a Sunday panel? Yeah, it's a Sunday panel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I think it's right after the following, if I'm not. The only thing I know about the strain is the promo uh, image they've done with the uh, fish hook through the eyeball, which just makes me cringe just thinking about it. Uh, would you say that? It, it was it was a worm actually. Oh really? Yes. Oh, gee, well, well, that just makes it so much better. Jesse. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, Sean Aston is actually going to be on that show. I didn't even realize he was going to be on that show. That's what he's there for. Cool. Any other surprises? I'm. I'm, I'm oh, go on. Uh, who, 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 go with Jesse. Go on, Jesse. I'm surprised that it took uh, American Horror Story three years to actually come to Comic Con finally because they have a panel this year. And I'm also surprised that uh, The Hunger Games isn't coming. Because I haven't seen anything for that anywhere. No, it's not even in Hall H. So. But, uh, you know, it's interesting. Some of the different companies, they have a slot <clears throat> allocated, but they haven't explained what they're bringing. Like, I know uh, 20th Century Fox, or mm-hmm. Paramount, just has um, a block of time, but they haven't said what they're bringing. So maybe oh, Hunger yeah, is part of it. Fox, it, let me this up. Yeah, um, I think one of the one of it's the Maze Runner. Okay, mm-hmm. 20th Century Fox. The Agent 47, The Book of Life, which is the animated one, Maze Runner. Uh, what else? Let's Be Cops. I've seen the trailer for that, and okay, I'm going to admit that I did actually laugh. So there's a one, two, three, four, five movie. But not yeah. certainly um, some of the ones that we were expecting. Um, because I think that's the thing that when the suddenly when the Saturday um, schedule dropped, no, sorry, Friday schedule, everyone was kind of talking about Thursday and Friday as being particularly light and being not that uh, not very strong this year. But I think there is a lot of those to be announced that are kind of like buried in the the schedule. Which there are films that are um, in there which just it depends on what the, the the schedule ends up looking like. One one of those, which is really quite odd, uh, one of my forum members pointed it, this out first thing this morning. We've been talking about the movie Snowpiercer, yeah. and apparently in panel in Hall H at three o'clock, I think on Friday, there's the Daniel Daniel Radcliffe panel, the Radius panel. Mm-hmm. But yeah. if you look in the playback. Um, panels that are happening over at the Omni, they mention Snowpiercer, as in that, that, hmm. yeah, so like, sneaky, they're being yeah. sneaky. <laughs> yeah, you may want to be looking at those playback panels, seeing what that was looking like. Yeah, exactly. Like. So, that's, you know, just, I, I think that there's, there's, and usually what I found is that it probably is that the the companies are just not being very clear with CCI about what they're going to show. They're just going to show up and they're going to have what they have, and they'll put it out there. And CCI is going to be as as um, with us in not knowing what's going to happen, but uh, you know, sure that it's going to be a good show. And so, sure. 
that I thought was going to be really is a lot of people are talking about is the NASA panel on Thursday in 6A with Buzz Aldrin. That's I've got a bunch of people who are talking about camping out for that one. Uh, that panel is getting so much momentum; it's just mm -hmm. unreal. It really is. Uh, it, um, when people were talking about it being a really kind of light day, I just looked at three o'clock on Thursday, first day, first day, and automatically I've got a car crash of three panels that I want to go and see. As, <laughs> yeah. it, it's, it's just typical. It's just absolutely <laughs> typical. Um, yeah, yeah. There, there's like a literary, a literary panel that's featuring Patrick Rothfuss and several other authors. And I read Patrick Rothfuss's books, and I'm like, he's going to be there. He's at the same time, I think, as Teen Wolf. I'm like, are you serious? <laughs> what, has, has there been any other kind of conflicts that have already kind of really well, put, put some ha headaches in people's schedules? Well, I know Friday... I'm I'm kind of conflicted with Friday just because Falling Skies is like around the same time as like the originals and Arrow, and then Sleepy Hollow apparently is around the same time as Orphan Black, and I know a lot of people like Orphan Black, Kim, uh, and so um, I know we both watch Sleepy Hollow too, but Sleepy Hollow is going to be in the same room as Falling Skies, and I don't know when Falling Skies is going to do their signing. I mean, we're trying to go for their signing as well, so I have, I, I'm conflicted. <laughs> I've got one on Saturday which conflicts, uh, obviously, the last True Blood panel, and then at the same time, yeah. the premiere of Constantine, and then at the same time, uh, an hour with John Barrowman. Yep. I mean, you, you can't choose. You cannot choose out of those three. It's impossible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. I'd yeah. like to thank John Barrowman as well, because he did turn around and say in a radio interview that he would be coming in purely for the... The arrow panel. The arrow panel, and that would be it. He'd be coming in for that and then leaving again, because he's uh, shooting for season two. Season two. Um, I said three, sorry. I, I don't watch it. Uh, <laughs> well, you need a remedy there. I, I just exactly. knew that I, I knew that uh, I knew that Natasha and Jesse would <laughs> jump on me on that one. Um, anyway, but yeah, but uh, yeah, he's saying that he's um, actually he's going to have that panel uh, throughout the course of the day, which then also can can also imply that he was also lying about leaving straight away, and that he may stick around and do nerdist. So who knows? Well, I, 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 mm, I can nice. answer that as well, wouldn't it? Actually, last year when he had the an hour with John Barrowman, two hours before that, he was in the, the sports bar down below the Indigo. He was in there having lunch with his sister, his uh, his husband. Okay, so that's there's that's a nice little tip for anyone watching. If you want to go and stalk John Barrowman, <laughs> there's there's where his favorite, that's his favorite eating spot. There you go. That's uh. Everyone <laughs> just started like writing that down yeah. in their notes. <laughs> to be lingering in the Hilton Bayfront. <laughs> if we start getting if we start getting tweets around that time saying. I was having a perfectly good meal, and these people came out of nowhere. Thank you very much indeed. We're going to just point Mark in your direction. That's the guy you need to have a word with. Um, what else was there? Was uh, We've got a couple of questions. I mean, 
when it comes to kind of conflicts like that, I mean, we've got a question here from uh, Fernando uh, Borrego. Very good question. Uh, how much do you think the playback room in the Omni will reduce lines for Ballroom 20 and Hall H? I, there's, the thing is that there's, 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 there's so much um, energy and enthusiasm that comes from being in the room, but at the end of the day, you can't see everything. So um, it's got to help somehow. Um, certainly for those panels, I mean, if it's looking like on uh, two of the days, certainly um, uh, Friday and Saturday, you're going to be having to queue very early for the whole day, as it were. So, I mean, it would it, certainly help with uh, uh, just getting to see the content. I'm hoping that... Um I haven't mapped out my schedule yet, so I don't know. I don't understand, you know, where I'm going to go, where, what conflicts I'm going to have yet. But uh, to my mind, having the Omni is great because I'm not one that's going to camp out. I, I pretty much decided I'm not going to do the the uh, Hall H on Saturday thing. And it'd be nice to just to be able to see if there is that showy, that Snowpiercer thing. Or the one panel that I'm interested in seeing, and that that would be lovely. So I'm really looking, I'm really appreciative and glad that they did this. Um, hopefully, I can get into the playback panel now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I I'm just finding it. Um, uh, well, I mean, it's kind of getting one step closer to what people are actually wanting, which is live streaming, and it's showing that there's the ability that they are recording the the. Uh, footage, but it, I, I just don't think they want to risk upsetting the studios by accidentally releasing footage or a, an image up on the screens um, that they just don't, I think they just don't want to get their wrist slapped at the end of the day, and I, I think it's more a case of protecting themselves, but it is getting one step closer to having that um, live streaming uh, element, I think. Um, let's have a look. Agenda. They, uh, yes. We were going to have somebody else join us on the Hangout, uh, which is, uh, we were going to have um, Violet from uh, Gender Bias Reviews. Cross lines, I'm stunned that we got everybody that we did into the Hangout, <laughs> frankly. So um, the, if we had one person drop out, uh, it's un unfortunate. Uh, turning around saying they've had the playback room for years, and it doesn't seem to help at all. I know that this is the first year that they're really kind of pushing it as an option. Uh, they really are. Kind of, they they certainly made a, a thing of it on the Tukum blog because uh, they've been attaching um, elements to the Tukum blogs as well as the the schedules. So, for example, the uh, theatre um, panels. I can't remember the name of the theatre. Is it the Horton? Horton Grand. Horton Grand. Um, which uh, hopefully someone's had a look at that because I wanted to bring it up. <laughs> yeah, I was actually uh, about to bring it up. I just read the page on that. Excellent. Uh, so they're, they're, as well as the Tukum blogs where they've released the daily schedule, they've also released um, bits and pieces about uh, additional elements. And the playback room is something they've definitely wanted to try and uh, put a, a showcase on uh, this year. But you're talking so, no. about the, the showcase room, though, Leonard. The problem is they don't show the actual videos in there. No. So when they're talking about something, and as Alicia was saying, if they're snow showing Snowpiercer, which you need to see the footage for, for them to understand how beautiful it looks. What's the point in going there and then talking about how visually amazing it is, and you can't see it? It does seem a little bit of a waste of time going if they're not going to show these clips. Yeah, I mean, not only that, but um, at the end, it is in a closed room. 
um, it's not getting released out to the uh, to the wider world, you you would kind of hope that they would include the footage because it's not. They can put the same amount of security um, in that room, and if anything, it's it's focused. It's in that room, and it's at least they're not having people uh, point their camera phones at a screen, which is what effectively they're going to be. It's going to be the screen, a screen of a screen. It's just going to be. How pointless is that? So yeah, okay. Good point. It's very, it's very good point. Yeah. As far as the uh, Horton Grand Hotel, do you want me to talk about that real quick? Go for it. Yeah, uh, that's a new off-site uh, venue this year. It's only a couple blocks from the convention center, and the way I read it, it's a, a small venue. I didn't get a number of seats, uh, but there's a select number of panels each day. It looks like two or three on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And in order to go, you have to go get a ticket first. And then it's part of the shuttle line, or you can walk over, but you can't get in without a ticket and your badge. Uh, most of the panels, to me, weren't of interest, but there is one on um, Saturday at noon called Hercules All-Stars, and they're going to have Lou Ferrigno and a couple other guys who played Hercules, as well as a special guest who's going to remote in, and that happens to be the same weekend that the new Hercules with The Rock comes out. Very good point. So uh, who knows? That may be. I mean, it would be even cooler if he would show up in person. Imagine if you're one of uh, 150 or 300 people that got to see him in person, but... I I'm I was I'm trying to work out from what I've read what the actual focus is because um, when they did this um, theatre-based offsite before it did seem very um, focused on the comics industry and the a slightly drier element of the comic industry ones that you really have to be a bloody hardcore comics fan to kind of get any kind of it, it, it's certainly not a, a fun series of panels, or it wasn't when they did this last year. I think they're trying to do something with that and line it up and have something a little bit more. I mean, they're doing a Nerdist um, yeah. panel Nerdist. in there. Where, where it's, 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 all, it's all the podcasts, isn't it? Yeah. Well, and to throw a wrench in your theory, though, on uh, Friday night at 6.15, it's Adventure Time, a totally algebraic, dramatic reading. Oh, they're going in. Okay, let's go in entirely. Let's go in entirely the opposite direction now. Good lord. Okay. Yeah, there are some literary panels in that too that you would have to get a ticket for. Um, and they also are going to do Outlander. In fact, yeah. Outlander is going to have a, a few panels, yeah. not just in the Horton Grand Theater. Well, I mean, I'm noticing Outlander across the board. Um, in yeah. A new, it, it's they're really pushing that show. <laughs> It's um yeah I mean I I've not read the books um and the only knowledge I know of Outlander is the film that came out and it didn't exactly kind of light anybody's fire quite frankly so I'm I'm, I'm stunned at the, the the push that they're doing to this so very very strange okay um let's see if we've got any other questions uh here oh we've got uh wesley uh, saying again honestly if the studios can show six thousand people and nothing leaks online from hall h they can do the same for panel playback <laughs> absolutely right two words doctor who <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah yes well <laughs> We try not to. Yeah, I was going to say we try not to talk about that, but at the end of the day, it is the elephant in the room. <laughs> it is the elephant in the room. Yeah, I mean that. I think that whole situation 
it's almost given the, the studios license to demand um, shutting down of playbacks and what they're showing. I think that it's, yeah, very, very strange. Um, Carlo's turning around and saying, Nerdist is at the Balboa Theatre. Yes, it is. Uh, this is, I'm talking about two separate events here. Uh, Nerdist Live, which is where they're going to record um, the podcast for this year. Uh, there's two shows. Uh, they're going to be uh, early evening and late evening at the Balboa Theatre. You're absolutely right. But this is um, uh, the, the podcasts on the Nerdist channel. They're having kind of like a, a large mashup of all the, uh, the podcasts. So um, I am going to be rather... I am a Nerdist fan, but I only listen to the Nerdist podcast. Uh, so I'm trying to work out what the other podcasts are. That other panel that you're talking about is uh, Saturday at 1.30, and it's just mm. called Nerdist Podcast Network Super Panel. Yeah. I didn't see who the others involved with it were. So you, so you may have met uh, Matt Myra there for um, James Bonding. Uh, you made it weird, them guys. Um, so it's all the, the – whether Chris is going to show up is a whole other ballgame because, quite frankly, on Saturday afternoon, you'd expect him to be a little bit busier somewhere else. Right. Like, uh, like college. Yeah. That's, that's, that's his house, man. That's his house. <coughs> that's Nerdist um, Podcast family Grand Horton runs at the same time as the Box Trolls in Hall H, which I didn't see his name tied to that, so it's possible. Okay, well, he can jump on a Segway and get his backside down to Hall H and back as a horse. He's fit, he can run. <laughs> well, yeah. Now that he's lost, yeah. Now he's lost weight. He can he can do some sprinting. It's fantastic. Um, <laughs> that was me. I'm sorry. Uh, let's see. Um, um, going back to yeah, someone is stunned that there's no Hunger Games. Um, yeah, I, I think, however, they're going to do very similar to the the, the Hobbit in that they're going to f- concentrate their efforts on the. The, the the second film of the two. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I think I, it it does make sense and it doesn't. So there the, there is no present. I can imagine on the on the exhibition floor perhaps on the panel or on the the stand there will be. But no, I I think I understand why there isn't going to be any uh, panel uh, presence. Is there anything that jumps out at you, Megan? We haven't heard your dulcet tones for a while. Well, I'm really excited for Thursday. Thursday was my biggest and busiest day before I even knew that Benedict was going to be there. I wanted to be in Ballroom 20 all day with uh, Rain, uh, Community, and Hannibal. Hmm. So I was just going to camp out in Ballroom 20 all day on Thursday. That's like my only day for panels. That was the only day that I really cared about was Thursday. Okay. So I'm really excited for all those things. And, of course, Community. Well, yeah, yes. community was like the main one that I wanted to see because one, we didn't think that they were going to be back, and two, I didn't even think that they would have a panel because they just announced that they are back. So mm-hmm. that was a nice surprise. So I'm really excited about that. Well, I mean, people were wondering whether the community should actually be in Hall H, um, uh, perhaps instead of Ballroom 20. But I think it's while there are very passionate fans for community, I think it's less popular than the fans think it is. Um, I think, I mean, it is good. I mean, the, the panel is always just a, an amazing draw. Uh, and um, it is going to be, it's going to be packed, yes, but I don't think it's a whole H panel. I don't think it's it's that big. But remember, this is a show that got cancelled twice, three times. 
the, it, it has it has the it has the numbers, but oh, it has the the rabid fandom, but it doesn't perhaps have the numbers. So yeah, but no, that is going to be a big a big win as that. I was I was a little excited about Penny Dreadful because I finally saw the finale. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I love that show, <laughs> and it's right after <laughs> Hannibal, so it's like Teen Wolf, then Hannibal, then Penny Dreadful. I don't really watch Hannibal, but yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> uh, the 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 bloodlust, the bloodlust, the people, the people who like to see the red. That's that that yeah. back to back panels. Um, I, I mean, while Hannibal is particularly kind of nitty and gritty in places, Penny Dreadful is a whole other ball game. That is. Um. I, I don't know why I watched Penny Dreadful and not Hannibal, but I like it better. That show, man. That show. Um, it's the closest thing I've seen to a um, Sisters of Mercy Cure album cover writ large on a television screen. It's just so <laughs> grim and nasty. and Oh, I love it. It's gorgeous. It's just a shame that... Um, uh, Eva Green isn't going to be showing up for that. No. Ultimately, yeah. But then again, it's just a shame that Eva Green isn't showing up for anything because it's, it's, it's Eva Green. <laughs> she and she's in our yeah. So yeah. Um, we've got a question completely unrelated to uh, panels uh, from Janine. Mark, is that a Hannibal shirt you are wearing? Yes, it is. Uh, let's see. Stand up. Let's see. Or let's put it in the camera. Let's see it. Because uh, this is where it's a nice little bonus for people. No, you're gonna have to stand up, dude. You have Can to stand you see that? There. Oh, yeah. There you that? go. Nice. That's that creature, right? That I see. Like, man. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yes. If you are listening to this on the audio version, tough. Uh, that's a really nice. <laughs> that's a really really nice. That's a really nice T-shirt. That's. that's uh, you, you can purchase it on eBay. Ah. Uh, and uh, and uh, and other auction sites are available. Of course. I have one similar to that, only it has his face on it, not a silhouette. I'm gonna wear it. You wear yours, and if we see each other in the street, we'll just hug or something. I will be worried. <laughs> it's Jesse. He'll he'll be hugging yes. anybody. Yet. Yeah, he's a, he's a, he's a hugger. That'll be a brother. I will be. Did you see Brian Fuller's um, on Thursday? Did you see Brian Fuller's phone call that he actually did? What was that, Tina? Uh, did you guys see Brian Fuller's phone call that he did a special one for giveaways for Hannibal fans? No, I didn't see that. Yeah. No, no, I'm going yeah, to I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to drink that. Yeah, yeah I'm going to have to look um, Carlo is um, Carlo is just basically our resource. I love Carlo because he just comes up with all sorts of facts. Uh, community last year in Hall H um, wasn't really filled. It just didn't. It just didn't. It's just it's one of those which just doesn't it doesn't have the numbers. It's a, it's a shame. There we go. Okay, um, is there anything else from the Thursday till Saturday that has jumped out at anybody? I've got a couple of things. Go for it. Um, on the let me get the piece of paper, otherwise I will forget. On the Thursday, in room seven A B, which I've never been in, is WWE Studios and Lionsgate. Now they're showing Leprechaun, and 
See No Evil 2. Now, I know the WWE horror films are not great, but <laughs> See No Evil 2 is being directed by the Soska sisters. Now, if you've never seen American Mary and you do like horror, I would highly recommend seeing American Mary because these two women are going places. These are fantastic directors. So I'm really excited to see this film and I'm really interested to see what they've got to say. I find with WWE, they take on those projects which people just seem to think, they look at the, the piece of paper with the, the pitch on it on the A4 and just go, well, there's no way in hell I'm making that. Are you, are you, are you kidding me? And then WWE look at it and they find something in there. And I, I, I'm fascinated by what they choose. So, yeah, I, I've heard good things about Certainly See No Evil. I'm hearing a lot of good rumblings about that film. Uh, so, good catch, excellent stuff. Uh, someone else tried talking before Mark jumped in. Who else was there? Oh, yeah, it was, it was me. Like, I was a little happy that Grimm, he they were in room 6 BCF the last few years, and now they're finally in Ballroom 20. In fact, they're, they're like a few panels before True Blood, so I thought that was interesting. I may be in Ballroom 20 on Saturday. <laughs> I don't, I, I think, I mean, a lot of people have been looking at the, the, the schedule for Saturday, and it's 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 going to turn out a little bit like DC versus Marvel. It's going to be yeah. turn, it's, it's kind of like it's either Ballroom Twenty or Hall H. Yeah, war. pretty much. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely going to be a war. Who's going to win? Uh, <laughs> uh, it's it's well, I mean, it's one of those where both days it's uh, sorry, the both panels. It's you start from uh, panel number one and you work all the way through, and you pretty much are in there for the long haul, um, very much so. Um, let's see if there's any other comments, because we are getting a number of comments about uh, Sunday, so we will go to that very quickly. There was, there oh. was one quick one that uh, probably not that many people are going to be interested in, but there's a, a panel, I think it's on, it's on Saturday, it's about the, the mythical or uh, not mythical geek bubble, and they've got the guy, he did... Um, they're looking at the statistics for how fast these cons are growing, how fast tickets have sold. I believe there's one article I saw that said that um, comic book conventions are the biggest growing entertainment venue out there uh, by 25% per year kind of thing. This was based on one of the ticketing agencies. Um, so there, there's a panel on that Saturday afternoon, which I think I'm going to go to. Um, yeah, that'd be interesting. It's a little kind of hall of mirrors where we're talking about um, talking about, if you know what I mean. It's, it, it, it's right. a little bit, but it, no, it's, 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 it's interesting because it is directly mirroring the, the growth of pop culture. No, you, no, that's a good catch. Good catch. Um, did, I mean, has anyone kind of been interested in the fact that uh, no Big Bang Theory panel this year? <laughs> well, there's well, a writer's panel, writers. but it's not. If, 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 there, if there's one group of, um, or if there's one show that has kind of like typified the whole explosion of geek culture and so sort of like, like you say, the, the geek bubble, um, right. the Big Bang Theory, I just think with the Big Bang Theory that um, the cast have tweaked or the cast have worked out that we know as fans that they don't like us very much. <laughs> I, 
I, I honestly think, I, I mean, if you've ever attended any of the Big Bang Theory panels, they just sit up there and make in-jokes amongst themselves and pretty much rip into the two and a half, three thousand people that have come to see them. So you just think, hmm. I, think they've, I think they've worked it out. <laughs> I think they do. <laughs> so, yeah, that, no, that, that, that writer's panel has always been an entertaining panel, though, I've, I've heard. Yeah. That'd be interesting. Um, on Friday, uh, room 25 at 8 p.m., which is really late, there is a new show called Space Command. Um, I'm not sure which channel it's going to be on, but it's a new franchise by people of Sliders, and starring mm. uh, people like Robert Picardo, Bill Murray, Doug Jones, and Mira Ferland, so you know, hardcore sci-fi fans might like to drop by that room 25. Okay. I think what we're doing is uh, picking out those gems that we are going to be kind of like looking for. So, okay, does anybody else have one of those hidden kind of like diamonds in the rough perhaps? Um, in room 7AB, actually good friend Jimmy kind of told me about this. There's a panel called Intruders that's going to be a new show on BBC America. And it, the premise just, just seems a little interesting for me. Uh, it's like a secret society devoted to chasing immortality by seeking refuge in the bodies of others. They're like invading people's bodies. <laughs> I think that sounds cool. What room okay. is that again? Um, it's in room 7AB um, on, on Friday at 8. It's a late panel, but yeah, yeah just there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a number of late panels this year, I've mm -hmm. noticed. That they, mm -hmm. they really are pushing the turn with trying to fit in as much content as they can, I've noticed. Um, I think the gem for me um, is, the, like I say, it's the, the, the car crash, uh, the three-way car crash on uh, Thursday at 3. I mean, I'd really, I'd re I really wouldn't mind going in to um, see the Paramount panel, because uh, if there is the hope that Christopher Nolan is going to show up with Interstellar, um, mm -hmm. like I have said, um, if I hear that Chris, Christopher Nolan is in the city, I will be there. Fine. That, 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 everything I'm about to say becomes moot, but that's the <laughs> point. Um, if, however, he's, he doesn't show up, uh, there's a panel in Indigo at 3 o'clock, which is the... Um, it's about... Uh, sorry, it's called The Musical Anatomy of a Superhero. And it... Um, it basically has uh, a number of the finest composers currently working in Hollywood. I did hear that one, yeah. Man, man, man. Uh, Tyler Bates, who did the music for Guardians of the Galaxy, you've got... Um, uh, uh, it's just Christoph Beck, who did um, Buffy and Frozen, and uh, it, Graham Ravel... Um, Brian Tyler, who is my hands down my favourite uh, composer at the moment. I mean, he even made Now You See Me a watchable film. Um, because, is it Now You See Me? Yeah, Now You See Me. Um, now You See Me is one of those films you can kind of give or take, but you can't ignore the soundtrack. That is just, it's like a special effect in its own. So, no, I'm, if Christopher Nolan doesn't show up, I'm going to be in Indigo at 3 o'clock for that. <laughs> and then once that's done, I'm going to scootle across to Hall H to see Visionaries. 
<laughs> there's uh, there's one panel that's going to be on Thursday in room two. It's how to draw with Adam Hughes, and that one looks like it'll be pretty good to attend. Um, on Saturday at uh, 12.30 in room 5AB, it's the Sailor Moon official panel because they're releasing oh, wow. the series on Blu-ray. And so they're just going to have like some kind of presentation, talk about the series, and then Q&A. Cool. I uh, just had a comment from Dan Berry regarding about that musical um, architect uh, panel. Uh, no Danny Elfman, no sale. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. No. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. All right. The Hans uh, Zimmer. Yeah, but I mean, he's he's a big guy. He's, he's probably busy at this point. He's probably listen. He's probably at this point composing um, trailer music for uh, something that might be shown on Saturday. So who knows? He says throwing out uh, Batman versus Superman. Anyway. Um, I, I thought I thought Jesse would pick up on that. Sorry, come on, dude. Keep no, we can we can only hope, man. <laughs> we'll see something. Oh no, but, uh, the, the rumors have been coming left, right, and center. I mean, was it today where they were talking about uh, we will be seeing Wonder Woman? No, it's just you no. Know, we're we're in full blown speculation mode at this point. Uh, mm. Speaking of, well, not speculation, um, is anyone interested in, in seeing Daniel Radcliffe at uh, Comic-Con? Oh, I would love to see him. Did, did someone, uh, just re- someone just almost fainted then? Did they, I heard that. That must have been <laughs> Megan. <Yep. laughs> that, was, that was either Megan or Tina. I totally forgot about him. Yes, I would love to see him. You know I love to see him. Yeah, he's, he's coming for he's coming for something else. Um, I can't remember. It's, it's a book. It's like uh, a movie. It's like a book. Yeah. Yeah. book called Hans. Ah. Yeah. yeah, which is which is picking up real big, serious critical buzz at the moment. I haven't seen yeah. it, um, but it seems to have been doing really well around oh. Europe. So I'm well, interested to see it. I perused some of the reviews. They weren't. They were kind of like in the middle ground. So I wasn't sure whether the the movie is like you know really good. But well, well, last year I saw him in Grand Piano, and that was fantastic. I really think he's got this kind of horror psychological thriller yeah, thrill vibe going really well. So I'm hoping Horns is fantastic. Mm. Yeah. Be yeah, I've been watching him in the Young Doctor's Notebook on Netflix. Him and John Hamm are in it, and it's really a really good show. He's a good actor. He's really good. Yeah. He's certainly matured into himself. I mean, I watched the first Harry Potter film and I almost swore that I would never go back because I actually, I actually, no, I actually thought as actors, I thought they were appalling. I thought they yeah. really. They were, they were babies then. I know. The that I know. <laughs> Whoever, I want, I want to find out who the casting director for the first Harry Potter film was because either they are a time traveler, they've come from the future, and they bloody use. <laughs> Because in that case, we need to be tracking what shares and what stocks they're buying. Because <laughs> they spotted something. I mean, in all three of them. Uh, I mean, yeah. come, uh, uh, what's his name? Um, there's a number of the, the, the other lads from the, uh, not the, 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 the central tri- tri- uh, trio from Harry Potter. Um, uh, Tom Felton, he's that's the one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, 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 the now Murder in the, the first. Yeah, Murder in the first. Oh, that's the one. 
when he when he is stood with the other guys from Harry Potter, and he happens to be one of the best-looking lads in that lineup, and you're just thinking to yourself, okay, where the hell did that come from? And <laughs> the cat, no, sorry. Are you talking about Neville? You've seen you've seen that meme. You've seen that meme where it just goes when Neville is the, the most attractive one of the bunch, you just don't say. <laughs> very, very strange. Um but no, um the fact that Daniel Radcliffe is being rolled out for this film and he's coming to Comic Con, I think it's a, a it says a lot about the film and about their the push for it. I think that's uh, that's very much that's cool. Thank you very much indeed for that comment, uh, Janine. Tell you what, then, I think we've skirted around it long enough. Let's um, go to Sunday then. Who has been looking at the Sunday panels? I've been looking at Hall H. Okay. Well, <laughs> shall, we, shall we start with you then? Because um, there has been, uh, I mean, there was a post on the uh, San Diego unofficial, uh, Comic-Con unofficial blog, which pretty much nailed down what was in Hall H anyway, but that was just pulling out uh, the tidbits from uh, various social medias and various posts. So we kind of knew what was going to be in Hall H already. Which is the rooms which are closed on Sundays? Ballroom 20. 20 and Indigo? Yeah, it's Indigo. Not yeah, so it is pretty much... Yeah, so it's just going to be Hall H, so go on then, Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I'll definitely go for Supernatural. Um, I'm a big fan of that show. Yeah. I'd love to see The Strain, um, but I'm going to have to sit through The Following and Sons of Anarchy, and those are two shows that I neither watch nor care about. So those oh, I watch be... the following. I love the following. Sons of Anarchy. I gave up after the pilot on the following. I'm sorry. You should have stuck around. <laughs> I probably should have, but, but enough about me. Uh, uh, He's going to say the same thing about Hannibal to me. I mean, look for real. Uh, no, no, Hannibal's awesome, though. I mean, you don't, you have no idea. <laughs> but just, I, I will stay for the strain because it just looks like it's going to be a really good show. And I think they're going to show... An episode, an unaired episode. Yeah, it's two hours long that panel. Yeah, so that would be something to check out. To be honest with yeah. you, just a tip from previous years, we never missed the Sons of Anarchy panel, and it's at the one right before it. And last year, you could walk in to the Sons of oh, Anarchy really? panel because yeah. so many people are already cutting out of town. So. Right, I'd always left before that panel started, so I never never stuck around for one. Just Jesse, on the listing, does it say who's coming for the strain? Uh, it did, I believe. I've got it in Sean, front of me. I know, I know Sean Astin is going to be on that panel. Guillermo del Toro, Carlton Hughes, um, uh, Sean Astin, and I don't recognize any other name. Is Jamie Hector on there? Jamie? Nope. Ooh. Well, uh, who is the older older gentleman that played um, Filch in Harry Potter? His name is is eluding me right now. Uh, here's the other cast members older, older Frey. We'll say Corey Stoll, David Bradley, Mia Meister. David Bradley would be there. Yeah, I want to see that one as well. Cool. Thanks, thanks for the tip about uh, Hall H clearing out because I'd love to see the strain also. Yeah, that would be fun. Cool. 
Mm. Yeah, I think, I, I think that's really probably cool. the one you can walk into this year. Yeah, it, it, oh, I mean, good. I love walking, being able to walk into Hall H. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's a crazy feeling. It doesn't happen too often. <laughs> don't, don't judge me, but I, I walked into Hall H when they had the Twilight panel um, about two years ago. Well, I was I was wanting to go to the panel afterwards, and I thought I was going to be queuing up with those which couldn't get in, and it ended up being like 300 housewives at the front of the, the hall, um, all, all all fangirling over um, uh, Patterson and his funky hair. At which point, I, at which point, I then went back to the back three rows, uh, dialed up Game of Thrones on the iPad, and then got kicked out. Um, so. <laughs> <laughs> Rebel. Rebel, yeah. There we go. Uh, no, I, I, you're right. Walk in, I mean, I think you're going to be able to walk in to most panels on the Thursday and the Sunday. So. I don't know about Thursday. Yeah, there's. I don't know. I think, but I think there's going to be a clear out certainly for visionaries. While it's a, a I personally think it's a great panel. There seems to be a lot of um, the, the, there's a number of them where it doesn't quite work. So, anyway. Well, depending on who they announce, too. This is very true. Um, I, then again, I, what was the one I was going to, I was going to talk about uh, Thursday? And I was going to put, talk about Hall H, and it was going to be about uh, Paramount. Uh, because uh, Paramount, while it's saying to be announced, and I know that we, we kind of talked about um, the films that we're, we're thinking about, I... I I just, I mean, there's several projects in there which I think it just would fill that room. So, uh, you're okay. Maybe you're right. Yeah, I, I was looking down the list, and uh, Paramount movies coming up are, uh, of course, Hercules opens that weekend, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Paranormal Activity Five, Interstellar, and mm. uh, Terminator next year. Indeed. Mm. And, so, most impo- and most importantly, of course, Hot Tub Time Machine Two. Um, <laughs> Which, frankly, if you're, if, if you're, okay, if you're not queuing up by Tuesday night, you're not getting in. It's 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 it's, 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 a, it's, it's a tough call, I know. Okay, um, any anything else on the Sunday which kind of jumped out? Because I'm just getting nothing but yawn, and it. The the one panel that I always go to every year, and other people may want to, is the Comic Con Talkback panel. That's going to be at 3:30 in room 23, 23 ABC, and you really get to hear what other fans are griping about. <laughs> so that's <laughs> I hate to say it that way. Maybe that's that's not politically correct, but you know it, it's interesting to to hear what other people's perceptions of of our what Comic Con is doing. Yeah. So that's, I, I, I love that panel when you have that line of people snaking all the way down the other uh, seats, and yes. uh, every single question starts with. I've been coming for to Comic Con for years. I'm an absolutely huge fan, and I love everything you do. But dot dot dot, <laughs> and which launches into this diatribe. It's just <laughs> yeah, you, you do end up pulling your hair out, which is how this happened. I I, 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 I had a full head of hair. I had Jesse hair uh, before I went to that panel. Two years ago. 
I, I will admit that I do get up and speak, but I really try and keep my my comments to bullet points and you know two or three sentences and you know not not belabor points to the point of boredom. Hmm. So, but the, it does it does snake out, and it is interesting um, if you have you know a, a couple a couple minutes at the end of the day. Hmm. I, I, I've wanted to go for several years, uh, certainly last year and the year before, but life interrupted and all that, so I know it's something I wanted to. I found a cute one on for Sunday. Go for it. Um, Sunday in room 6A, Sesame Street and Pop Culture, and they're going to be talking about, uh, and Chris Hardwick is going to be the moderator for it. So they're going to have some of the, uh, the actors there, Grover Burt, Murray, Cookie Monster, and so I, they're going to be talking about 45 years of spoofs on the on Sesame Street. I think, um, be, I think they do some cute stuff on there with all yeah. the celebrities and stuff. I think yeah. that would be an interesting panel as well to talk about um, how Sesame Street has pretty much <laughs> created its own subgenre of memes, um, yeah. especially with uh, the uh, the viral videos that just come out of uh, Sesame Street. They're, they're, they're kind of carving out their own little corner of the internet. I, no, I think that would be, yeah, be interesting. That would be interesting. Um, we've got a question from Violet from uh, GB Reviews. Uh, what are your opinions on whether it will be necessary to camp out on Saturday night for Sunday in Hall H? Supernatural has some pretty rabid fans, but other than that, seems rather light without Doctor Who and Breaking Bad. Yeah, that one's going to be very different this year because every year before we walk through the line and there's like 100 casses and 700 doctors. So I, I don't know about that one. The Supernatural fandom is pretty big. Well, if that's the case, I'm hoping I can maybe walk in the Hall H after Supernatural. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Everybody's going to see Supernatural, and since it's first, then everybody's going to leave after, hopefully. Very yeah. Um, there's a panel at 12, uh, Overwatch, a discussion with Mark Guggenheim. He's uh, one of the heads for the show Arrow, and he's also done Percy Jackson's Sea of Monsters. They're gonna, it's like a Q&A with him. Yeah, I was, I was going to mention that one, too. That looked interesting. I, I, love, I love that, that kind of panel. So. Yeah, it's in room uh, 25, ABC, um, at 12. Yeah. I um I need to give our friend Chris Chen a shout out because he's been worrying he's been worrying his head off for the past three days that there's not been any Jim Lee drawing panel announced and what do we have on at three o'clock on group two on Sunday how to draw with Jim Lee is it gonna he's be, gonna is, be is, is it gonna be the last one I think it will it will be I think it's the last one in that room I think so yeah uh, in which case if I'm going to be uh, staffing that room I'm gonna have the delightful honor of trying to kick Jim Lee off stage again <laughs> my God and oh my that is so you, much I I've been <laughs> promising Chris I'm gonna go to that panel with him, so I think I'm going to forfeit the strain so I can go to that with Chris. So you'll probably be seeing that, me in that room, too. That room. Oh. Oh, that <laughs> panel is amazing. I will... I, I, okay. I'm, I know that I do kind of belabor this point, and I do know that I do hammer on about how to uh, for artists. Uh, but I love that room. I love the panels they put on there. Um, I, it's been an honor 
to uh, to uh, volunteers stack that room. Um, that panel, the Jim Lee panel, it's amazing. I mean, I'm certain that any we all know what Jim Lee can do. I mean, it's the man's. Uh, as, as an artist is amazing but watching him work is just something else because he just comes up with some uh, some shapes some pencils some thick lines whatever and he, you're just wondering where the hell is this going to go what is going and then he'll just do something he'll do a Jim Lee magic thing with like a highlight <laughs> with a highlighter or a pencil or something and next thing you know you're looking at a fully formed work of absolute bona fide top shelf art and you just go, how the hell did he do that? <laughs> what the hell did you... I blinked twice and that suddenly became Wonder Woman. What the holy hell just happened? <laughs> it's a brilliant, brilliant panel. But the Jimmy fans do come out of the woodwork and like I say, when it comes to, okay, we have ten minutes to go, ladies and gentlemen, and he's still just taking the pencil, he's just starting a new sketch and you think, you get <laughs> really, I, dude, I've got the keys. I've got to close this room down. You're gonna start a new one. Oh, thanks. Oh man, but you can't, you can't get mad at the guy because it's Jim. So no, I'll, I'll definitely um, push that one as well. Excellent panel. Um, well, well, Tony from Crazy for Comic Con is having a panel, Battle of Multicultural Heroes. It's at four in room twenty-eight D E on Sunday. On Sunday. That would be, cool. be cool. He always puts on it. It's always a good panel. I've seen the video of it, and it's always a good panel. I, yeah. And it's. It, I think it's an important panel as well. Okay. Um, well, I'll tell you what, let's double back. So we, I, I think we're basically saying Sunday is going to be for the fandoms. And it's certainly not... I mean, there's a couple of headliners there, but there's nothing that's really kind of... Blow it. There's no no Doctor Who this year. That's let's put it that way. Shall we just? There's no kind of like fireworks, if you know what I mean. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Okay. So let's go back to the day which really does have the fireworks, and that's Saturday, and that's Hall H. Um, considering that the Disney panel, oh, sorry, the Marvel panel, get it right. The Marvel panel is listed as, is it an hour or an hour yeah. and a half? An and then hour. there's a gap. Then there's a gap. And then there's a that. gap. Yeah. For an hour and a half. I have been, okay, I have been in contact with, I mean, I've had one or two people say, can you please email David Glanzer? Yes, I have. Listen, if I, I know that I don't want to kind of like burn up any of my bridges or any chances, but uh, yes, I emailed David Glanzer on this one. I've had no response. We have no, no response. idea. No response. <laughs> so we have no Nothing. idea if there's, if there's a room clear. <laughs> we don't know if there's a room clear, whether you have to sit there for an hour and a half between um, that panel and the uh, WBBC panel. We don't know if it's going to go for an hour or if it's going to go longer. So I know we've got a number of people who have been asking about the Saturday, and I've been having people text me and people tweet me saying, so what the hell's going on? We don't one, know. One thing I would like just to add from a entertainment personnel perspective is that it really is nice to put in any schedule, a bit of bump, bump, 
buffer time. So if your panels are running over, you can just suck it into that. So say the, the panel before the WB panel doesn't stop right at 6.30, they've got that whole hour and a half. So it may just be as something as simple as a planned buffer. Sure. I know that's not the conspiracy theory that everybody would love to hear, but... <laughs> sure. Well, uh, then again, there's the other conspiracy theory, which is, just out of curiosity, how long in the past has a Kevin Smith panel gone for? Is that, that's is been that like an bit, hour. Is that an hour? That's interesting that there's this gap of an hour. Um, well, I think Kevin Smith is on Thursday now. He is. Well, he's, he's there for his Friday. film. Or Friday, I'm sorry. Friday. And he's there for his film, and he's showing a trailer for it as well. And I, Is it Tusk? Tusk. Musk of Tusk. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm curious as to, but I, can you imagine an hour and a half in a whole age with nothing showing? It's, it it boggles the mind. That's that's the long dark tea time of the soul, right there. Good <laughs> lord. Um, okay, uh, we've got a couple of panels coming in, oh, a couple of comments coming in uh, from Q and A. We did ask for um, SDCC surgery, but I think most people at this point, and certainly those who are watching uh, this, um, they kind of got everything kind of nailed down, as it were. So it's understandable. So um, we've got uh, Violet turning around saying, uh, uh, because she couldn't join us, uh, suggesting an interesting panel is six BCF. On Sunday, uh, it's Dynamite 10th Anniversary with Quentin Tarantino. Oh. Yeah, I did see that one, yeah. I didn't spot that one. Hmm. So that's, uh, wow, okay. Uh, Because the last time he came was for Django, I believe. And um, he's he's always entertaining. Um, That's because he's nuts. Um, (laughs) <laughs> the man is uh, a motormouth and he's a lunatic and I love him to death. Um, so that no, excellent. That's a great, great panel. Yeah. Um, I, have a I have a question about um, the Hall H on Saturday. So given that I don't want to camp out and for the whole all of this the panels beforehand. What do you think the possibility is? Is that after the Marvel panel, I'll be able to get in to see the Warner Brothers television panels? This is all down now to finding out if there's a room clear. Right. It's simple as that. If there's a room clear, then the people who are going to get into that queue or going to get into that panel are the ones that are queuing up outside just for the WBDC. But if there's no room clear? If If there's no room clear... Then you think I think people are going to stay over. I think yeah. is my question. I think a large population. I think a large amount will. Well, um, you have to, you have to yeah, think too about too. outside events because that the Warner Brothers doesn't start till eight. How many people have bought tickets for other things? True. And they like the thrilling food. adventure hour. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> no, you're right. Okay, I mean that's something that we haven't talked about and um, then again I don't think we've had to I think anyone who's seen the, the off-site events this year it's just so strong yes. it's just so much to see it's, I mean when they've turned around and they're doing something with the airport and they're putting Comic-Con branding in there as well then you know that Comic-Con is taking over the city literally mm-hmm. just in this thing it's insane 
So great! I I love insanity. I I love I love more, 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 more the merrier, more the merrier. Bring it on. Um, Dan Berry has turned around and uh, made a comment about uh, Daniel Radcliffe. Uh, the movie Radcliffe is. Oh no, sorry. Tell a lie. This is something else completely. <laughs> I'll shut up now. Um, the movie Radcliffe is in. It's Paul Horns and was written by Joe Hill, uh, who made uh, wrote uh, Lock and Key. Radcliffe took over after Shire, I'm Not Famous, LaBeouf dropped out. <laughs> oh, no, sorry, no, get it right. So it's the movie Radcliffe is in. Sorry, get it right. Paul Horns. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Shire, I, Shire, I'm Not Famous, LaBeouf. That's a bit harsh. He's, 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 in, he's in some big films coming up in the next couple of, certainly in the next 12 months. It's, uh, it's, it's reference to the bag thing he had on his head. True. The, but, yeah. Yeah. I mean, no, but a lot of people have been turning around and saying that his his time is up and he's done and dusted. But isn't he in a film with um, George Clooney? Oh no, with um, Brad Pitt. Um, I'm I'm just going to call it the Tank movie because it's about oh, yeah. um, <laughs> that. I'm certain the marketing department of whichever film this is is written oh the Tank movie. <laughs> this is all well good him being in this Tank movie with. Brad Pitt and everything. Remember, he was in an Indiana Jones movie, but that was still rubbish as well. I mean, this guy, he could be in any film. He could be in Ocean's 13. He will still be rubbish. He's a terrible actor. So don't be swayed by the fact he's in with Brad Pitt. Okay. I'm loving the fact that nobody's said the T word yet either. So that's, uh, that's out now. The thing is, that that's out in the US now. Um, who's seen... Transformers. Who, okay, let me rephrase that question. Who's going to admit to have seen Transformers? I have not seen it. Um, no. Everyone's <laughs> shaking their head. You know what? I have faith in the in humanity when <laughs> when the the night the eight people I've got as guests or seven people I've got as guests have not seen Transformers. Thank God for that. So where the, so where the hell has it made three hundred million for God's sake? <laughs> Where's, where are these people coming from? Eight-year-olds. Anyway, eight-year-olds. And they're uh, <laughs> and, and people with eight-year-old heads. Um, <laughs> well, and maybe some that are just nostalgia. They just want to see sure. bots sure. just, you know, live on screen. It, yeah. it is what it is. Yeah. Well, um, I've been reading the reviews and... Yeah, <laughs> I think uh, it it, had, it it came up to the expectations I was uh, putting on it. Um, the Dan Berry um, has uh, reminded us the Shire and Brad Pitt movie is Fury. Yeah, oh, I checked the trailer out for it actually. If you can, um, it's, it looks like a really cool film. So, uh, so yeah, and Carlos uh, jumped in on that one as well. Yeah, Fury. If you want to check that out. Okay. Um, I think we're pretty much covering every, uh, covered everything. I think we'll just go very quickly down the line and just go down a couple of questions. Uh, this is from Lisa Brinker. Hello, Lisa. I uh, cannot make it for this year's Comic-Con. I've never been, but I think you have all convinced me to either really want to go or be terrified of never being, a, uh, never being able to decide which panels to actually attend with all the <laughs> awesome out overlaps. You are... Um, I think the hashtag that I started rocking out about three weeks ago was go hard or go home. It's, <laughs> the, it's, it's, you, it's the way it is. You either you don't you just you just jump in. I think that's the if you are. only once a year. You just gotta do it. It is, and yeah. um, and it's and worth it. It is worth it. Absolutely. 
And not only that, but uh, come Sunday, you can always just go out and get drunk. So. <laughs> I thought that was every night. Sorry. <laughs> well, that would be um, a real. If you can pull off getting drunk every night and do comedy, no, I, I hardly, I hardly I drink salute. anyway. I just thought that was fun. I, I salute you if you can pull that off. Congratulations. <laughs> Constitution of a horse. Good lord. Um, what else have we got here? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Carlo, di- uh, Carlo has um, uh, put the comment about the talkback panel, Alyssa. Uh, talkback panel equals CCI Facebook page live. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's about right. That's about right. Um, apparently, there are two panels for Jim Lee on Sunday at uh, quarter past 11. Um, I'm going to have to check if that's room two as well. I don't think it is. Uh, but Room two. He'll be closing room two, um, so uh, it's a case of you. If you are a Jim Lee panel, uh, Jim Lee fan, there's plenty of Jim Lee uh, out there for you. And Christian um, would absolutely love one of his sketches. I, yes, I, I, yes, I, would, would. I, I wouldn't mind either. So, <laughs> so the word. There we go. Right, I think with uh, half past se- uh, well, half past seven here in the UK, two hours down. I think an hour and a half talking about uh, Comic Con. I think that's uh, good enough for us. Listen, thank you very much indeed to all of my guests uh, today. Uh, thank you very much indeed for your time. Um, I know that this weekend is the one that's particularly rough because we have got all the schedules coming in and it is a case of taking up all of our time trying to decipher what panels to go and see. So thank you very much for joining us. Uh, we'll go down the line and uh, ask where we can find people. Uh, Tina, where can people find you? Any uh, on Twitter, Sizzlin, uh, S-Y-Z-Z-L-Y-N. I was going to ask you to spell it. I was. Uh, thank you very much indeed, Tina. Um, Natasha, where can people find you? Um, you can follow me on Twitter at willcat12, W-I-L-L-C-A-T-12. I'm also at The Nerd Element. I live tweet on, like, too many shows. And um, you can also find find us on our website, thenerdelement.com. Excellent. Um, Megan. Thank you very much indeed for uh, joining us today. Um, where can people find you? And w- indeed, what's your next post going to be about? Oh, thank you. You can check out my blog, The Nerdy Girly, www.thenerdygirly.com, and also on Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, Facebook, at The Nerdy Girly. And I'm going to be posting my schedule, what our plans are soon, and what cosplays we're going to to do, and then also I'm going to have an Instagram photo hunt for the con too, which I'm going to be posting next week too. So if you are wanting to stalk Megan, that's the post you need to be looking out for because she'll basically tell you exactly where she is and then you can run up and hug her from behind without telling her anything and just scare the living crap out of her. Excellent. Thank you very much indeed, Megan. Thank you. Mark, where can people find you, sir? I'm only on Twitter. I'm at, uh, at Mark underscore Searby. Um, tweeting about films. I will be tweeting this week. I've just finished a post on the history of Comic-Con all the way from the beginning all the way up to last year, just like an overview. So I will tweet that when it goes live next week. Okay, so I can imagine that's not going to be a two-page post. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) That's that's a a monster of a subject you're taking on there. Good God. Okay, I'll look forward to reading that. Jesse, where can people find you and indeed the Nerd Truth? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at the Seventh Candidate. 
Uh, also at Nerd Truth. Uh, we're on Facebook and online at thenerdtruth.com. Okay. And when are we going to be getting another card ride with Jesse? You know, I've been thinking about that, and I've got you in mind, dude. So stay tuned. Stay tuned. Don't tease. Okay. Thank you very much indeed, Jesse. Um, Christopher, um, well, number one, uh, we'll be finding you at the Funko stand um, pretty much uh, on preview night. So that's a, that's a given. But uh, where else can people find you? Uh, you can join in a conversation with us at thenerdfoo.com. And uh, just a quick shout-out reminder that we've got two days left in our Comic-Con Survival Pack giveaway. Uh, we've still got two of those awesome backpacks to give away. So uh, head over to thenerdfood.com and enter now. I do. That's one of the first things I do in the morning. It's certainly enter that competition. And, yeah, I'd hate to, th- I'd hate to think that there's any uh, propriety of um, you know, f- favoritism at all uh, in that. Cough. Um, <laughs> 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 Chris, and last but not least, Alyssa, um, where can people find you at the moment? On on the forum, friendsofcci.com forward slash forum. Uh, that's pretty much where I hang out. I do hang out a little bit on Twitter, but that's that's just a little. I'm not as much on Twitter. We do long form on the, the forum. Okay. I can so imagine... We, I can imagine at the moment it's still it's it's quite the quite the buzz on the forum at the moment. Oh, panels, panels, problems, conflicts. How can they do this to me? They booked this in conjunction with that, and uh, it's crazy. How is next week going to work, Leonard? A question for you. Right. <laughs> yes. Here we go then. Well, first and foremost, uh, you can find me at, on Twitter at EnglishmanSDCC. You can uh, go to anenglishmaninsandiego.com for all the latest posts, and you can find me uh, on various uh, social networks, including Google Plus at google.com slash um, plus sign and Englishman in San Diego. And I will, sorry, Jesse, keep pushing Google Plus as a, uh, <laughs> as a platform because I, I think it's brilliant and everyone. And the moment everyone realizes that Facebook's crap, everyone else will realize it's brilliant too. <laughs> um, yes, next week, I fly out of the UK on Tuesday, and I will be landing in San Diego on Tuesday night, which means uh, doing the show next year, uh, next week, we will be having a live from San Diego version of this show. Now, hopefully, I'm going to be, I've been talking to a couple of venues where I can actually take part in the, uh, the Hangout with a nice vantage point of the convention center. It's going to look very beautiful and pretty in the background. It's going to be a very nice um, uh, hangout, hopefully. Um, we are, at the moment, um, finalizing our special guests for that, including, uh, hopefully, a nice big special guest uh, to wrap things up. It is our last show of the year uh, before we do a kind of post, um, uh, post-con post wrap-up thing. But it's certainly the last regular Sunday, so do come and join us. Once again, it's going to be at the same time at uh, 9.30 Pacific, 12.30 Eastern, and uh, half past five in the afternoon here in the UK. So, yes, there will be a cup of tea. I'm taking this thing, will be wrapped up and put in the suitcase. <laughs> this is coming with me with tea bags. I'm because <laughs> York, Yorkshire tea and tea will be drunk in San Diego next week. So that's what, that's what it's going to be. 
So, yes, there is going to be a um, cup of tea next Sunday, and um, admittedly, it's going to be a little bit um, on the light news side. It's going to be, I suspect, it's going to be a slightly shorter show than uh, certainly the two hours that we've uh, done today. But I think that's mostly because we're now into the final push. It's uh, From that point, it's going to be three days to go. Uh, I am so grateful for everyone's support and uh, everyone taking part in the Q&A and everyone watching. Thank you very much indeed for joining us today. And once again, to my guests, thank you very much indeed. And um, I'll see you in San Diego in 11 days' time. We are near, nearly down to um, uh, single digits. Well, for Tina, we are. We're down, to, <laughs> we're down to single digits for Tina. Thank you very much indeed for your time today. And we'll see you soon. Take care.